This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. Uh, We are going to share with you another one of the talks from our Influencers Leadership Summit that we had back at the end of September. And uh, we uh, said we were going to be sharing some of those. And I think you'll be blessed by this one in particular. This was uh, given by Greg Hewitt, who is one of our board members. Uh, He's a businessman and... uh, long-time journey participant and leader. And uh, anyway, we asked Greg if he would share a talk on the DNA of influencers. And uh, as part of what he talked about, there's a document that Rocky wrote a few years ago that uh, really outlined the DNA of our ministry, everything from our leadership to the journey groups. And so anyway, we're, we're including a copy of that DNA document as well, uh, along with this podcast. So anyway, listen and enjoy Greg talking about the DNA of our ministry. Right, I thought about the F3 that was going on this morning. I had to get up early. I wanted to come over and get some coffee. And so I came out of my room and right in the parking lot, I mean, it looked like a, a Navy SEAL training deal. These guys, I've never seen them jumping and exercising. And, and I thought, man, it's too early for that. I, I, I uh, walked over and got my coffee, but I was thinking about something, you know, what Brian said about, you know, being good stewards. But I remember, I wish I had, I wish I had understood that concept when I was younger. <coughs> I remember one time the company I was with did these corporate physicals, and every year, you know, you went and, and the doctor wore you out about your lifestyle and all that. And so I, I, I remember when I, I was probably, I don't know, 40 something, and and, uh, and I remember the doctor saying, uh, you know, what's your diet like? And I told him, he's like, well, that's not good. You got to eat better. And I said, yeah. So, well, what's your exercise like? I said, non existent. He said, well, you got to do better there. And, uh, and I looked at him and I said, you know, sometimes I think that. That eating better and, and living better doesn't make you live longer. It just makes it seem longer. <laughs> he, he failed to see the humor and all that. But anyway, so uh, so this morning uh, the topic is journey DNA. You know, there's a there's a there's a saying in the journey. There's a piece of the journey. If you think back uh, to the journey to the chamber. Where it talks about a sacred responsibility, and 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 in that the reference is that when we go through this process and we make it to the inner chamber and we develop this intimate relationship, that we're not done. That we have a sacred responsibility at that point to come out of that inner chamber with the armor of God as the new man He's designed us to be, and to go back into the refugee camp, right? And go get those and bring them back. And so that's how we always think about sacred responsibility. But I got to tell you, that I, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, as I, as I look at it, as I approach this, getting a chance to share with you guys, it, uh, this topic, and y'all heard it all week, and it tells you how important it is and how important it's been to our ministry, is to me, it began to feel like a, a, a sacred responsibility because it, it's so important. And I, and I felt that more this week than I ever have about anything. You know, as a board, you get a chance to share with guys different places and everything, and I've never felt that as much uh, as I have this week. And, and I think it just goes to speak to how important it is. It's why it's been 
so dominant on Rocky's heart, you know, just protecting the DNA. And I began really for the first time in 15 years to feel the full, full run of that today. Uh, so let's, let's get started. Let's talk about the DNA. So as, as I was preparing, again, as I began to feel this responsibility, I, I tried to do some research. I did a couple of things. One, I asked Rocky, I said, hey, I've heard, you know, for years you've taught, taught us this. And, 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 and do you have anything in writing that I can use to prepare? He said, yeah, there's a document and I'll send it to you. And so he sent me this DNA document. We'll talk about that a little bit later. The other thing I want to do is I just tried to do a little research myself. As I was putting this together, I began to think, you know, I want to do a little research on DNA, the, the, the human DNA piece of that deal, and see what there is in common with the way we think about DNA to the ministry. And I thought it would be kind of cool to, you know, to get some facts DNA facts for you guys, you know, and impress you guys with some DNA facts. And so I got on the internet. You know, the internet, you can find anything in the world. It's unbelievable. So I typed in uh, DNA facts. And so it popped up, and I began to read it. And I read about three pages and literally didn't understand one piece of it. <laughs> it was, if you've ever looked into, like, human DNA, I mean, I'm telling you, it, it'll get over your head quick. And, and, and I, I just couldn't believe it. And I'm like, well, I, I can't get anything. I can't even understand it. And then I'm giving it to men, so I know they're not going to understand it. So, <laughs> so, so let me tell you what I did, though. So I'm thinking, I don't give up, though. And I, and I said, well, you know, uh, okay, so what I do? Well, it's men. I typed in, uh, let's see, I typed in here, uh, explaining. <laughs> Y'all don't get mad, all right? I, I tapped in explaining, explaining no, not to dummies. I, 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 I tapped in explaining DNA to children. I did, and I want to share with y'all. I got three uh, DNA facts for you that I want to share with y'all. And, and, and what's amazing is, of course, then I begin to understand it because it's probably on about a four-year-old, eight-year-old level. But it was really good because I get it was what I was looking for. It's like it, it was, the, it was. What is DNA? And then I begin to think, hey, is there common ground between human DNA and the DNA of this ministry? So let me just share with y'all three facts. The first one is we think of uh, DNA as being new technology because we see it in like crime scenes in 2020 and 48 hours, and that's been pretty recent. But I found out that DNA was discovered by a Swiss physician back in 1869. So it's been around for 150 years. The discovery of DNA has been around for 150 years. The second thing I found out, and this is where it started to like, wow, that. That, that applies to the journey. Second fact I found out is that DNA, now listen to this, I, I, wrote it, I wrote it verbatim, what it said. DNA is the material that carries all the information about how a living thing will look and function. How it will function. Now, how many times have you heard that in the last couple of days? There's form and there's function. The form is how we do something do we meet once a week? Do we meet every other week? That's the form, and it's flexible. But the DNA, that's the, that, that's the non-negotiable. That's the piece we have to protect uh, in its entirety. And it's so interesting that it said the DNA is what carries it and it shows us what our function is. Now, here's the last point, and I really love this one. And, and I didn't know this, but about 99.9% .9 of the DNA of every person is exactly the same. I didn't know that. And then, so it's that 0.1%, which is 0.001. It's that 0.1% that's different. And now catch this. And again, I'm, I'm, re I'm reading it to you just like I, I wrote down. It's that 1% that is different and makes us unique. Now 
think about that with the ministry. We're going to talk about that as we go through the DNA. It's that piece of all we do. It's those pieces that are the, the smaller amount of things we do. That's the DNA. It's what makes this ministry unique. And you guys have begun to see that. And you've heard it in the last couple of days. But more importantly, you've experienced it as you've been involved in the DNA, both the journey groups and in leadership teams. So when you look at the DNA, and I want to, I want to mention this document again to you guys because you've all got a copy of it. And it, it is in your packet. I know there's probably a lot of stuff there. Uh, but the, in that packet, there is this document that Rocky did. And, and I'm going to refer to it. Now, look, I'm not, going through, uh, I'm not going through all of it piece by piece. You've heard a lot of it the last couple of days. It's very in-depth. And we wouldn't have time to go through it all piece by piece anyway. And so really all I'm going to do is I'm just going to share with you guys what I've experienced as a board member of this DNA. And, and I'm just, you know, so I'm, I'm going to leave this up there. And I want to challenge you guys to, to go get that document, uh, to, to go get that document and to really make it part of your training. Sit down on at whatever level of leadership you're on. Try to really understand that DNA. And I, I would encourage you guys to do it, even if you can, while you're here. Because if you think about it, if you do that and there's something about it you don't understand, what a great opportunity right now to grab one of these board members or to grab Rocky or Brian and say, hey, here's a piece of this DNA that I don't quite understand, and I promise you those guys can help uh, explain that piece to you. So there are really, uh, Rocky, I've got three pillars of the DNA. Uh, there's the leadership, uh, there's the journey process itself, and then there's the DNA as it relates to expansion. And we're just going to kind of walk through those. Again, with me just kind of sharing you. You know, the thing about having a DNA, and those of you that have been in corporations, you've been involved in ministry organizations, church, large church organizations, anybody can develop a DNA. Anybody can, can develop, uh, you know, their, um, what their ministry is about. Uh, but it's really, you know, do you put them in play? And so I think what you've seen in the last couple of days, and that's what I'm going to share in the, in the board, I just want to share how this is not just something on paper to Rocky. It's something that he has worked really hard to try to teach us as a board and now to all of us as the leaders of the ministry. And so let's start off with uh, the leadership piece. And, uh, you know, hey, the first thing is, is heart and soul. Uh, and this really uh, speaks to the, the selection criteria for leadership. Uh, that it's, it's heart and soul is what we talked about. We have a lot of businessmen. And a lot of businessmen comprise our board, but that wasn't the criteria that we used to select them. It was more this heart and soul, an undivided heart, a heart that, that men that have a heart for the journey and the journey process and soon to be the, the journey DNA. Then the second piece of this uh, it is the soul. And, you know, you, you've heard about um, how critical it is and what a key component of soul health is. And, and I'll tell you, as a board guy, uh, it's so critical. You know, yesterday we had a breakout group uh, with some of the board, and Mark Sewell reminded me of a situation that happened with Rocky early on when Mark and I were involved. We weren't on the board yet. It wasn't even called the board. It was called the cabinet. It was the board. And uh, it was real small with a few guys, and Rocky approached Mark Sewell and I to be in this cabinet board. And we were in the car, and Sewell told this story yesterday. We were in the car driving, and Rocky said, well, you know, I Somehow you get saying, hey, think about you guys joining the board. And uh, and and I don't remember what marks, but I said, you know, I don't I don't know that I'd be interested. And he's like, why not? I thought you loved the ministry. I said, well, I do. 
well, why would you want to be interested? And I told him, I said, I've been on a lot of corporate boards, and then I've been involved with some ministry boards and watching how they operate. Then I've been involved with the church and its leadership and how it operates. And, and I really haven't been very impressed. I, I just, to me, what I saw was it was the business boards were all business guys doing business and they worked good for business. But what I saw is when you tried to move that over into ministry and the church, it fell apart. And these guys, they were selected because of their business prowess, financial success or everything. And they weren't deep spiritually and they didn't have that abiding relationship. I said, I'm just, I just, I just not interested in that. I just haven't seen any fruit from that. And Rocky, uh, Mark said, Rocky said, well, I mean, hey, that, that's fair. I'll tell you what. Why don't you come to a board meeting? And if you still feel that way, that's, that's probably the right thing for you to do. But if you don't, maybe you'd be interested. I said, well, hey, that's fair. So we go, go to the first meeting, and of course, again, we get back to this DNA and what makes us unique immediately in the first meeting. I don't remember the exact details, but because of all the other board meetings and nothing's changed, I know how it started. It started first in prayer, and, th and there was prayer to open and get it started. And then I know what happened next. It was the question that we, we left about every board meeting. Rocky goes around the room, no exceptions. You can't go get a Coke or coffee and visit. It's like, how is your soul? How is your soul? And I mean, he's not going to let you up. And he's, how is your soul? And, and so I immediately knew, back to our DNA and being unique, that this was not your regular board opportunity. And it hasn't been because it is so uh, unique. And, and I, I, I think after, and I know I'm a little slow, uh, and, and Brian being from Oklahoma wants to blame that on being from Arkansas, but it's, it's deeper than that. But, but uh, I, know, I know I'm a little slow, but I'm telling you, it has taken me 10 to 15 years to really get this, to, to really get that piece of the, the DNA. But uh, the soul piece, I really couldn't understand why it was an every meeting thing. And so one day, Rocky was out at the farm, uh, out at my farm, doing, I think, extended time of prayer or something. And I, I, I asked him, I said, Rocky, why? Why? I understand, you know, how's our soul, but. Why every meeting do you do that? Why are you making, why is that such a big deal? Which then I got about a 20 minute uh, <laughs> education on uh, soul health. Uh, and, uh, but, but I remember the gist of it to this day, which I, I've never forgotten, which is basically what he said was, Greg, you gotta understand. Uh, and this is just a different way of putting soul health. Y'all heard so much about it. Let me tell you something today. So I just want you to understand that as part of the leadership, and, 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 and discipling other men, you can't do that. You, you can only do that out of the overflow of your relationship with Jesus Christ. That you can't do it when you're half empty. You sure can't do it when you're completely empty. you got to understand, Greg, that as leaders, we've got to nurture our soul because you cannot breathe in and live into somebody else and disciple somebody else unless, unless your soul is healthy. And I, and I never forgot that. A couple other deals I've noticed raised in the DNA. I mean, if you think about the, the way it's, it works, you know, and it's really cool about uh, the journey and influencers is it, it's, it's, a, it's a grassroots, ground-up training and leadership. Deal. You start at going through the journey as a participant, and then you guide somebody, and then you guide other people, and you keep guiding people, and then, you know, you may, you may be involved in, like, a regional leadership or a corporate board, and that's how it works. And uh, it's so critical that, you know, that, that that's raised in the DNA. So it gives us a lot of exposure for guys to learn to learn the DNA. 
And a lot of companies and a lot of boards, they don't do that. They're, they're not someone that's grown up in the ministry and the organization. They pick them from other places. Corporations are really big about that. You know, the company I worked for, they were used to all be chicken production guys. But then over time, we got sophisticated and so smart, we started pulling in guys on our board from Procter & Gamble and M&M Mars and Clorox. They wouldn't know a chicken from a rhino. But, and, and, but we thought we were, you know, they were from Harvard and all that. We thought we were really doing good, but we lost kind of our DNA of that company and the culture of that company for a while, which, you know, these guys eventually got back. But anyway, just it's important that we be raised in the DNA. Working board members, I mean, I see it every day. I see it, and, and I, I really didn't understand until I read that document just recently that part of the advantage of having working board members that they're actually involved in the ministry is that it allows us to take advantage of all the spiritual gifts that we've got, and, and it gives us the diversity of those gifts on our board and in the organization. Rotational, uh, you know, we, um, we we do have guys rotate in and off of the board, and it can be very healthy. There's a couple reasons sometimes that it's healthy. First of all, you get an old, uh, older guy like me, and I, I'm now, it's crazy, I didn't ever think about being the oldest guy on the board, but I've landed that on her somehow. Uh, just sticking around, I guess, but uh, you get a chance to rotate off. There'll be a point in time where it'll make sense for me to step aside and let some young guys come in and, and get to experience that on the board and give us that diversity, continued diversity of thought and, and experience. So rotational is a good thing. Nurture and protect. I mean, you guys see this, you know, in your boards, but it's so critical that we, and it's nurture and protect, I think it's twofold. It's nurture and protect the DNA. Of course, that's the topic of the day. We've got to nurture and protect this DNA because it's, it, it provides the anointing that we get to take advantage of. It's so amazing about this. We get to, we nurture the DNA, we get to uh, take advantage of the anointing. But the other thing is we nurture and protect each other. And, and I'll tell you, as a board, this board has really grown into that. I, you know, we're, we're all on our, our little common uh, text deal, and, and I'm an early to bed guy. You know, I like to be in bed by 9 o'clock, and, and uh, I'll be there, and my wife and I'll get in bed, and all of a sudden we should get these ding, 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 ding. My wife's like, man, what's that? Is it the kids? I said, no, it's the board. Someone's got something. <laughs> they're, they're all piling in, and so we get up, and, and you know, and it's usually for prayer. A lot of, most times, prayer. Hey, here's a situation going on in my life, and I need to pray. It's just immediately I'm on it, got it, praying. And so that's, that's a key part of that uh, leadership. Apprenticeship, you know, it's a, it's a neat deal. We did it here a while back when we added some board members. You know, basically gave, it's kind of like Rocky did with me. It's like, hey, we'll give you a chance to kick the tires on this deal. And we'll get a chance to kick the tires on you. So, you know, we get guys that come in for six months and sit in on board meetings and decide if it's a good fit, if it's a good fit for them. Prayer focus, I mean, y'all see it here. I mean, the first thing we did when we got here, we spent three hours and just did time in prayer. I mean, I, I mean that, that just goes to show you, you put your DNA in play. I mean, that, I mean, from the time we've been here, I mean, I walk, before I walk in here, these guys pull me aside. Five or six guys praying for me. Every meeting we start in prayer, we end in prayer. But it is, it is the critical component of this ministry that is bathed in prayer. It goes all the way down through the organization. From the global board, it goes all the way down to the one, two guys doing a journey group somewhere, and they don't just go pop up one day and call ten people to be in the board. They've been praying for weeks and months about God. Who do you want me to put in this? It starts there. It goes all the way through the organization, and it's critical to us. Last thing on the leadership piece is first love. And you know, when I saw that, I, I thought that, uh, like a lot of guys, I thought that man, like my first love, is the love of Christ, but. In that document, y'all got to read this. It was so good. In that document, Rocky kind of lined me out. He said, "The first love is not your love for him. The first love, the first love is his love for you." 
right? Because that's what the word says. Before we love him, what? He loved us. It's exactly right. So that's the leadership, uh, DNA. Uh, and uh, I'm going to talk now. We'll go to the next piece. And that is the, uh, the journey DNA. journey DNA. So this is taken from the board level, and all these things that are applied to the board level, they go down to the, it's progressive, it goes to the journey level as well. Except now there's some new things that the DNA speaks directly to the journey process itself. And that is, you know, the journey DNA is maintaining the heart and the integrity of the process. And, you know, I love this verse. <laughs> Jesus disciples us, and we disciple others. Now you may think that's elementary, but I'm telling you, when I accepted Christ at 35 years old, and, and, and I was a church and I was biblically illiterate, but I, I, got, I was involved in a, a, a big church. And one of the first things that you, you read and learn is they say, okay, you've accepted Christ. You've crossed the bridge. Now go and disciple others. And I, I've never been discipled. So you think it's crazy to say Jesus disciples us and we disciple others, but I'm telling you, sometimes we get confused and we think that we, we, you know, we disciple others and then Jesus disciples us, and that's not the process. So in the journey, you know, think about it, that's how that works. Jesus disciples us, and then through that intimacy and abiding relationship, we began, uh, as John 15 says, to bear fruit and disciple others. We used to call it a one-year process. You see that two-year process? We used to call it a one-year process, but now we call it a two-year process. And why do we do that? Well, the reason is because, yeah, it's kind of a one-year process, but that's if you if you take the journey and you're done. That's that's you going to the inner chamber and, and developing that intimacy relationship and being walking out and then you know walking back to the house. But but the process, the real process in the DNA, and the, if you think about that example. The real process is to come out of that journey, as we said earlier, go back across the bridge and take people with you. And you know what? That means you, in our minds, you really haven't gone through the full journey process until you've led somebody else. Amen. And I think, you know, that's a really, I think, is a good point because I hear guys all the time, it's like, you been through the journey? Oh, yeah, I got it, man. I, I, I got it, man. <laughs> really? Why haven't you done it? Well, I mean, I've done one, but I've been through one, and I've really got it. And that's where you're trying to encourage them and say, hey, I, that's good. You you, you, you have a good understanding of the process, but I promise you, and you guys know this, when you go through, when you lead some, another group, you're, you're going to go a lot deeper. So you, you probably don't understand uh, all of the process yet, but that's why we say it's, it's really a two-year process. And we should challenge our men to accept that on the front end. We should we should let them know it's, it's a two-year process. Hey, Greg. Yeah. How, how hard fast is that two-year process? Like, do you ever, like, does it sometimes become a three-year process for some guys or get you long with the five-year process or, yeah, you know, yeah, how hard fast is that two-year process in your experience? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it's that hard fast. I think that's, you know, uh, it's like, it's always a choice. We're going to talk about that. It's always a choice. And some guys' situations and life uh, situations, it, it may not fit them, right? And so I think, you know, that's a place that it, we sure encourage you. We, there's no doubt about it. You're going to go deeper, and your relationship's going to go deeper if you take somebody through. And then it may be a deal where they go through it, and their life situation's not it, it conducive to that time, but maybe two years from now, it is. Yeah. 
there's always that chance in the journey to come back. That's like guys that go through it that might not resonate with it. We've had a lot of guys that do that and come back and end up leaders in our ministry. Does that make sense? Yes. The other thing is the choice. And that's kind of back to that piece you know, about whether you, uh, whether you go through it the first time or whether you lead somebody else. It's so important that that be a choice. I, I, I'm surprised at times I, I have had to kind of get involved when I hear people say, I've had a couple, I think it was the first time I ever heard it, a business guy told me, man, I've done the journey, I love it, it's fantastic. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make my whole staff go through it. Isn't that great? I said, ooh, wait a minute, Sparky, I don't know if I do that. He said, what do you mean? I thought, I said, well, I do love it, it's fantastic, but I, I don't think, you know, forcing somebody to go through it, we just haven't had a lot of luck with that. I think you're better off to share the opportunity, take it through a book review, see if it resonates with them, and then let them make that choice and let the Holy Spirit work that part of, part of it out. So I think it's important that that's a choice. We've talked a lot about go where inviting, um, and that's true about the journey, uh, so much about the journey. It's true about where we expand. You'll see it applies to the expansion as well. But it's even kind of a part of that last piece about choice and praying for guys. You know, um, that invitation extends to the individual itself, and I've seen that. Training protects the DNA, and no question. I mean, that's why you see Brian's had a real hard for training. Brian's helped us a lot with training. I think they did a lot more training in Oklahoma than we did, and Brian's really started a lot of training here, and it's so critical because when you think about it, this is training. And think about, you know, if I just sort of think we need to incorporate the DNA, and we are. I mean, look what it's been in the last couple of days. But we need to incorporate the DNA into our formal training process. It's such a critical component. And then I'll add it into this one, it's just faith and prayer. Every piece of this deal all the way through, prayer is such a critical component of this. So that's the journey piece of it. You know, then we get to the, to, uh, the expansion part of the DNA. Uh, we met yesterday, we were seeing this incredible over the last 20 years, expansion. And so these are parts of the DNA as it relates to expansion. Um, yesterday, somebody mentioned we, we were in, in our... In our breakout group, and I was telling my story, and I so this expansion. Many people said, "What does expansion mean?" And I was telling them my story yesterday, a, a true story that really happened. Don Tyson, the guy that used to own our company that I worked for, and this is where we got in trouble. We started laughing so hard we got scolded from the group next door. I mean, it was being a lot more spiritual than we were at the moment. And uh, but anyway, I told them it's a true story. You know, one time we had this deal. It was a business that was really doing good, and the stock analysts picked up on it, but we only had one of them. We had this international operation that was making all this money, and the analysts picked up on it, and they, Don was in a, he didn't go to many uh, stock analyst meetings, but he really didn't like to do that, but he did, and they pinned him down on, you know, why do you have this one deal that's so important, and making so much money, you've only got one of them. He came home, and, and, uh, and he, he, he told his management team, he said, I, after, the, after they pinned him down, he said, boys, I'm just going to tell you one thing. This dog's got to have pups. <laughs> and so that's what we were laughing about yesterday. The guy's an owner of a $15 billion company. He's talking about dogs have pups. But only, only in Arkansas. But, uh, but I mean, that's what this is about. I mean, you get a good dog, you know it's good, you won't have, you won't have puppies. And you know, this process that God's given us, we've seen so much life change that now this expansion, that's really what it's about, is how do we take what God's given us and, and expand it, and how does the DNA apply to that? Well, you know, one of the things is like a volunteer army. You look around, that's, that's the majority of what this ministry is and always has been. And when you read through that document, it's like what we hope it continues to be because there's significant advantages 
in a volunteer army. And, uh, and so expansion will require paid staff. I, I think we know that, but we, but we want the majority of our staff to continue to be volunteer uh, army because there's advantages to that. Um, the fast track and the diluted DNA, I mean, it's what, we, it's what you guys fight when you start a region. You guys are starting one new. It, it's fought sometimes by the church and the megachurch. It's like, you know, how, how, can we, how can we grow this faster? How can we incorporate it? cost 15 million men, thousands of men. How do we ramp this up and get it going? And, and if you're not careful, you get tempted to start, you know, uh, cutting the process, you know, uh, changing the process, eliminating pieces of it not being true to the process, and I, I think that's really dangerous. Uh, it's dangerous when we do that as a board, a regional board, and I'll tell you what, it's dangerous is for us to do it is, is guys taking people through the journey. When we start looking at that journey process, we've got to trust it. We've got to trust the process. I, I say it all the time in groups. Look, trust the process, because here's the thing. It's a long, it's a 36, you know, week at best deal uh, uh, for just the journey itself. A lot, most of the time it goes a year. And so you'll be in a place or a session in that journey and it doesn't resonate with you. Don't, don't despair. Don't, don't get nervous. Don't quit. You know, there's going to be a piece in there that really does. Not every piece in here is going to resonate with you. The danger is, if you're not careful, when you come out of that <coughs> experience and you're leading a group, what's the first thing you're tempted to do? Well, I'm going to take this piece out. And I've asked guys, well, why would you do that? Well, it didn't resonate with me. And I'm like, well... <laughs> take this wrong, but it's really not about you. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is, you know, just because it didn't resonate with you, it may resonate with the next guy. Right, right. That, that piece that you left off, it may be the piece that one guy in your journey group, that was the piece that put him in the presence of Jesus in an intimate relationship. That he got a glimpse of Jesus through that piece. So be careful that we honor and trust the process. And then even tell our guys that. It helps them. If you get off start, you don't think this is for you, be patient. Trust the process. Then the regional models, you know, uh, we talked a lot about that. You guys get through a lot of that. I think, you know, there's always needs to be a champion and an organizer. I can remember times people say, well, we should start this over here. Well, at this state, well, who's, who's going to champion it? Well, we don't have anybody yet. But, well, you know, that, that's something we learned early on. But we need a champion because here's the thing. And I love this saying. I don't know where I heard it, but it says, God always makes a way for the things that are on his heart. Now, he doesn't always make room for, the, room for the things on our heart, but he does make room for the things on his heart. And so if that's true, and I believe it is, then really we should have a champion in, a, in an area if we're going to start there. And that's, I think that's a part of our DNA. Um, the other thing is just this last three pieces. I love this. I love these last three. And, and I was having lunch with a, a guy this week that was in a new deal, and he was like, okay, we, we did this group, and it went great, and now we're trying to figure out you know, how we take that to other churches. I went back to this. I said, just, did the first group go well? Great. I said, just do what you did on the first group. Start small. Did you start? Yeah, we start small. Just 10 guys. Yeah, go deep. Did you go deep? That went real deep. Pray deep. But you know, that, that, that is the basic DNA for how this thing expands. It's organic. If you just keep doing and keep doing the process of trusting it, then uh, it's going to work out. <coughs> okay, now. I learned a long time ago with men, uh, especially in the prison and the jail, especially, but especially, even on the outside, that men are visual, right? We're visual. We learn visually. And so I had a couple of things I want to leave you with today, visual. I got two pictures. I'm about done. I got two pictures and a word for you guys to take back just to, to remember. And it ties to the DNA. 
So the first one I've got is Hansard. Now, for those of you, you know, when you go back home and your wife says, what do we talk about? You, you'll, if, if she doesn't mind that we were talking about DNA, we, we, tell her we were talking about hamsters. Now, I want you to watch this video. <laughs> We've all seen these hamsters run the cages, but this is a whole new level right here. <laughs> okay, now, it, it gets up there. <laughs> intentions and we just keep trying to work but we just don't we just can't get off the wheel. And so I, I think I think the, the hamster is a good example of that. So the second word I got for you after hamster is trees. Okay. And, and here's where this came from. I, I, I had a deal a few weeks ago in a neighborhood where we were had a group of guys coming to talk about the journey. They'd never been through the journey so they were potential journey guys. And and uh, so we, we had a meet uh, at this guy's house one morning, and we were just going to talk about, do you have any questions? And uh, I, I was there, and David Welton, where's David? David Welton was there, and, uh, and this group of guys that had been through the journey, uh, of course, you know the first question, well, what is the journey? And you know, I don't know if y'all have ever thought about that, but it's, it's hard to describe that, isn't it, sometimes? And I think it's because it's so unique. I think this DNA that we've been given makes this ministry so unique that it's really hard to describe. And if you don't know where a guy is spiritually, you start to wade off into what it is, you realize, this guy may not get this. What is it? It's about intimacy. It's about an abiding relationship with Christ. And you're thinking, I don't know if this guy's going to get that or not. So you end up struggling with it. So this guy asked that question. Somebody tried to take a cut at it. It's like, well, is it a Bible study? No. I mean, yeah, it's based on the Bible. It's a key component. But it's much more than that. Well, then what is it? So anyway, David, help me. 
I've never heard this before. David Welton said, hey, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I heard the other day, what it is. The journey is the tree that Zacchaeus was in. I'm sitting there and he, he explained to those guys and, and, and afterwards I went up to him and I said, man, what, 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 is, what is that? And he said, yeah, think about it, Greg. Now y'all know the story of Zacchaeus. Little, little short guy, uh, Jewish, Jewish trait. Uh, he was a Jewish guy who was a tax collector, right? So he was Jewish and, and you know, he was hated by everybody. You know, that was a problem with tax collectors back then. Because, because they were tax collectors for the Romans, the Jews hated him. And because it was Jewish, the Romans hated him, right? So this was a guy that really didn't have a lot of friends. He was very wealthy. He had taken a lot of money from people probably didn't deserve and cheated him, whatever. A little short guy. I always think about Danny DeVito when I think about Zacchaeus. <laughs> I mean, can't you just see? And so, so Zacchaeus, here's what happened. You don't think about it. So Zacchaeus, he had heard about Jesus. I don't know if he'd ever seen him. He probably hadn't. But he had heard all these stories about Jesus. And he wanted to see him. He just wanted to catch a glimpse of him. He just wanted to experience him somehow, but from a distance. And so he comes up in this sycamore tree. And he gets up there so he can see Jesus because Jesus is going to pass through there. He's got a big crowd with him. And so he, he, he looks, and I don't think he really wanted to get Jesus' attention because I'm sure he probably thought, I don't want him to see me because he wouldn't have anything to do with me. I mean, I, got, I'm, I stole people. You know, I'm, I'm a tax collector. I don't, I don't really. He just wanted to see him and experience him. And what happens? Jesus is walking around with these people. And all of a sudden, he looks up and he sees Zacchaeus. And he calls him out. And he says, Zacchaeus. And I'm sure old Zacchaeus is like, me? He's like, yeah, you're the only one up the tree, Zacchaeus. Yeah. He says, you know what? Get in from there. Because tonight, we're having dinner at your place. And he's like, my place? Yeah, my place. Get out. Let's go. And so Zacchaeus, he, he got that glimpse of him. And then, you know, that's what happens when you get that glimpse of Jesus. Then he... Then he, he he was given an opportunity to experience it. And then when he experienced it, he developed a relationship with him. And so David and I talked about it, and I said, that is the journey. I'm not sure that's a good explanation for everybody, but for me, that's a great explanation. The journey is that anointed process that God has given us to put people in the path of Jesus. It's that process that gives people who are dying for a glimpse of Jesus a glimpse of him. And then it leaves the Holy Spirit to do the rest of it. And so, you know what? I saw this picture. Brian, I don't know if you've seen this. I love this picture. I, I kind of like, I said the other day, well, you know, David, the other thing I thought about David, so I had, I had lunch with David. I was so intrigued by what he said. I asked him to go lunch. And I said, man, we were having lunch. I said, man, that's that kid's deal. I can't quit thinking about it. I can't think about how that, that fits the journey. And I said, where did you get that? I mean, where did you come, how did you come up with that? He said, well, it's not me. He said, I think he started to say stole, but then I think we used the term borrowed that from somebody else. And I said, who was it? He goes, I don't know. And I said, man, it's awesome. I said, you know, the only thing better than developing something yourself is stealing it from somebody else. <laughs> so, I don't know. We, so we borrowed that saying, and I kind of borrowed this print up here too. But, but uh, it's really cool. Look at it. You know, it's like taking the Zacchaeus, and then look at this guy. I mean, he's chicken. You know, he, he's rolled his pants legs up. You know, he's a guy you could see on the wheel earlier. You know, he's a guy that's been running the wheel like we do. And, and like that extended time of prayer yesterday, man, I was so, it's so long and I needed that so bad. And 
I lay down out in the grass and I just, man, I begin to experience some peace. And, you know, that's another part that the journey does. It just forces a man or a woman to slow down and, and get away and, and carve out some time. Because it takes time. It took me an hour or two just to kind of unwind. But that, that I think, really is uh, a good uh, good illustration of, of what the journey can be. So, alright, so here's the last thing I've got. So it's summary. It's summary. You know, there's there's three things here that really, to me, are the, the heart of the DNA. And you can say, I guess it, it, there's two things we do in, in, uh, out of these three. The first one is, and you've heard it so much, to protect the DNA. That, that's the fact that we have this anointing, and I heard Rocky say something else the other day. He said it's, it's fragile. And I never thought about that. That DNA is fragile, so we have to nurture it, protect it. And, and so it's so critical that we do that. And the reason is so that we can continue to experience the anointing, the abiding. And so that's the second piece. So if we protect the DNA, and if we make our primary objective to abide in Him, the third piece is just going to come. It's just going to happen. It's that John 15. If we protect the DNA and if we abide, and we'll get to take, take part in the, in the harvest. Now, one last thing I'm going to share with you guys. I just want to, uh, one, one other little piece. And I shared this with Rocky when I met with him this week to talk about it. I said, hey, here's kind of what, you know, bouncing this off of. And he, he gave me great guidance. He said, hey, man, just share your heart. Just share what you've experienced. But I told him, I had my pad, and I said, i got to share this one thing for you. I've been reading Blackaby. Any of y'all ever read Blackaby? Oh, my gosh. I was reading Blackaby. And I looked at Rocky, and I said, I'm going to share this with you. I didn't know Blackaby went through the journey. And he said, I don't know that he has, but he said, technically, I guess he hadn't, but he said, here's the thing, Greg. God, this, this, this anointing and this abiding process, Jesus gave it to his men, and you know, God has given it to other people because it's his heart for ministry. All ministry, God's heart is that we all pick up on this concept of abiding. And, and, and he said, so, so, you know, he might not have technically been through the ministry, but God has downloaded the same things that he downloaded to us. And I said, yeah, wait till, wait till you hear this. So I, I said, here's what, here's what I read. This is black to me. He says, we're an industrious people. We always want to accomplish something. The idea of doing God's will sounds exciting. Once in a while, someone says, don't just stand there and do something. God heard that? Coaches, dads, don't just stand there and do something. My dad used to say it all the time, don't stand there and do something. It says some individuals or churches are so busy carrying out plans that they think will achieve God's purposes that they don't even bother to find out what He, God, actually wants. We often wear ourselves out and accomplish very little for the kingdom. And he says, instead of, instead of don't just stand there and do something, he said, I think God's crying out to us, don't just do something, stand there. <laughs> Rocky loved that. Enter into a love relationship with me. Man, you ever heard that before? Get to know me. Oh man, I love this. Adjust your life to me. Let me love you and teach you about myself as I work through you. This guy's got a DNA, doesn't he? A time will come when action is required, but we must not short-circuit the relationship. Your relationship with God must come first. Out of your walk with God, He will accomplish His plans for our world. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Man, you knew He's going to put some John 15 on us, didn't you? The only one who remains in me and I in Him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. John 15, 5. 
Do you believe that without Him you can do nothing? Sure, you can keep yourself busy. You can immerse in activities, programs, meetings, and events, but they will not have any lasting value for God's kingdom. The Apostle Paul warned that one day every person's word would be tested by fire to see if it was done according to God's will and divine power. It's out of 1 Corinthians. The activities God will commend in the final judgment will be those with which He initiated. This kind of sounds like go where you're sent. If you're experiencing a time of spiritual dryness in your life, you may be trying to do things on your own that God has not initiated. But like Rocky said, I don't want to, I don't want to do a ministry that's just what man can do. However, when you abide in Christ, you will be amazed at what God accomplishes through your life. God wants you to gain a greater knowledge of Him by experience. You ever heard that deal? Experience Trump's theory. God wants you to gain a greater knowledge of Him by experience. That's what abiding in Him will do for you. He wants a love relationship with you. And He wants to involve you in His kingdom work. He alone can initiate His plans. He wants your involvement. But you cannot do it for Him. When you believe Him and trust Him and do as He directs, then He will accomplish His work through you. Pretty much got it, did he? Yeah. Father, thank You for this morning. Thank You for these men. I've been so encouraged. I, I never, I never cease to be amazed at how we're in different places in our tenure in the journey and experience with the journey, but how I can be sharpened by a guy that just went through his first group. It's just amazing. And Father, I hope I knew this was way above me the ability to explain what you've given us. But I hope uh, I've represented you well and what you've given us well. And I know now what I do is trust you to play in the hearts of these men. So I pray you do that. Help us to understand that we can there's some, I guess, certain complacencies, but really just help us to keep it so simple in our mind that it's really just this one, two, three. Protect the DNA, abide in Him, and then get in on the harvest. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. I pray you bless the time we have left. Bless all the men and the families represented here. Protect them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we hope you enjoyed that uh, broadcast. That was a talk at our Influencers Leadership Summit back in September by Greg Hewitt. And uh, anyway, if uh, you want to know more about our ministry, more about our DNA, be sure and download the DNA document uh, or also go to our website, influencers.org, where we try to explain everything we can about about the DNA and the things we've discovered over 20 years of, of uh, making disciples and influencers. So anyway, this has been the Influencers Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.